1: Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is part one of our look back slash historical episode of Halloween Horror Nights 24. I am Matt and joining me in this episode is my co-host Quint. Hello. So let's just say get this I guess out of the way and stated right away. This is the episode that's six years in the making. Yeah, this was Um, our original intent, which we've—I mean, we've been really echoing this over and over these past few episodes. But since it's finally here, I am going to say it one more time. We we intended to do a year retrospective, each episode for twenty-five episodes, then go into Halloween Horror Nights twenty-five, have fun, and just keep it in a rotation. But never considered uh, what do we even have? I got to look at iTunes, almost, we're, we gotta be near 200 episodes. I don't think we're quite there, but we're real close.
0: Yeah, we did, we did some movie review stuff. We did some, I mean, we just, we, yeah, we, we kind of ended up getting all over the place.
1: Um, not as close as, as not as close as I thought, 145, but still, that's almost, what's that, six times the amount (laughs) we intended to do.
0: (laughs) Which makes, uh, our best episode still has to be, you know, the the Christmas episode that we did where we we just <laughs> talked over uh um uh, Santa's sleigh. That was fun. The uh commentary, right? That was yeah, really That was really
1: fun. The the one of the most fun parts about that is that we found out somehow we had two copies. I I had gotten a hold of a director's copy that no one knew existed until that night. So the search was on exactly. to find even more Santa's sleigh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Halloween Horror Nights 24, we're finally here, and this is, before we even get to the stats, I'm going to let you finally say the one thing I think you've been saying the past seven episodes <laughs> wrong, oh, but you can say this episode. That came yes, ya. that is the one. Finally, <laughs> the first year we brought Smitty. I don't know
0: why. The, I don't know why it's in my head that, that I went to one year, and then the next very next year it was like him and me started coming in October, but it wasn't, right. it was. It was like three years uh, that I that I was come out, came alone, and then finally it was like, dude, we're, we're not doing December anymore. Like, let's just
1: admit this. We're doing October now, and let's go. It must have been. I have, and, to, yeah. I have, to, ask, I have to ask him what the years were, and this is, well, I was going to say this is interesting to no one, but why should any of our stories be any different than the past episodes? I, was that like the period of time he was living in Pennsylvania? So it's like we kind of had like a triangle visit, like – he'd go out there i'd go up there he'd come down here or right you know it's like some. it's like there was a reason or there was a time i should say he lived in pennsylvania so there wasn't our annual december thing and that's when the october thing took hooked in with you because of course as we all know in 2011 i finally took it halloween Horror nights
0: i think that was actually it that you yeah i think that was so that would make sense that the 20, um, the 24 was the first year he was back here.
1: Right, Cause he, he eventually moved back. He wasn't in Pennsylvania very long, but that probably would account from 11 or 2011, to 2014. And I think that's probably why in
0: my head, it was like the next year him and I went together because you know, it was basically the next year him and I were living in proximity that we went right, together. Yeah. But yeah. No, it, it, that makes complete sense to me now. Okay.
1: Huh. Well, I'm sure, all our listeners are
0: very happy we figured that out in the final hours of our original intent. Yeah, well, if our listeners haven't haven't um, been chased away by our random segues <laughs> yet, uh, I don't think the last episode will do it to them. No, no, <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right, yeah, so, let's get into it. Uh, let's let's just dive right in. Yeah. Um, okay. We are talking about some of the the, uh, details of the event. Um, Halloween Horror Nights 24. There was no real, they they didn't really have a tagline or uh, an event name or or anything on it. It was just Halloween Horror Nights 24, welcome. The dates were September 19th, 20th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, October the 2nd through the 5th, the 9th through the 12th, uh, the 15th through the 19th, and then the 22nd. The 26th and the last weekend, which was 29 30 and uh 31, and then the November november the 1st.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh on a quick count 28 days. So now, now these numbers aren't so shocking. I mean, we started off Mm -hmm. again, it's we made a lot of comments on how things have changed, but we're not too far removed from where we are now. So, yes, there's more dates now, but now it's, it's we're not talking 31 compared to like 12 or whatever a number was in the early years. Yeah.
0: And, and at this point, the event has, has easily become, you know, a a year round job for many, many people at universal. Um, You know, this is, this is definitely part of the modern age of the event. Mm -hmm.
1: It's the end. It's actually the, uh, it's the last transition that we really, well, I don't know what we're going to call the era now. I mean, we call it the modern era because it's one we're in, but we're, this is the very last of the IP era and then we're into the new icon era which wasn't very long
0: and you know i don't think we're yeah we can talk about that if you want I, I really don't think that that was to me it wasn't really an icon era it was yeah it was a 25th and 26th year anniversary and um and i think the during the 25th chance was such a hit they gave her her due and uh in 26 and uh you know i think i think that's really what it was right um post that we've had some you know some unofficial icons but i think it's more um uh, that we're back to or or, uh, the kind of blended what they had before. During the icon era, it was very, very heavily focused on original IP and and original stuff. And they had these icons to tell these monolithic stories. And then they brought all the IPs in, and the IPs don't really fit with that monolithic event theme sort of thing. And so they kind of got focused more on, on blending the two where we've, we've got a whole bunch of stuff where it's IP and we've got a whole bunch of stuff where it's original, but you know, the event is now much more of a blender of the two and it doesn't feel as disjointed as it did in some of the first few years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was does actually, that make sense? it does because, um, and that's, that's actually a better description than what I was saying. I think I kind of get stuck in saying the icon era because after 26, I expected us to be in a new icon era, Uh, But then 27 came along and we didn't really have one. And then 28 and 29 was more of an immersive thing. So uh, it's kind of more of a relic of, of something, an idea that I made up myself. So I kind of got to get rid of that. But this is regardless of that, this is kind of the end of the IP being the sole advertising thing. Although, I mean, the the argument really could be made that the past two years might contradict what I said there, but uh, I, I, I still think this is the yes and no. I the, mean,
0: it's still it's still been a blend, right? Yeah. Like even the advertising has been a bit of a blend because I, I count the announcements now as the advertising. Okay, and they've yeah. been giving you know they've been giving the uh, the original IPs just as much weight and and stuff as um, as the rest of it. Now, yes, of course, the uh, uh, you know the the common person, uh, meaning people who aren't doing podcasts or listening to podcasts like this, are. <laughs> Are much more targeted with the the big behemoth advertising, and of course you got to put the Stranger Things and the Ghostbusters and that stuff on there because you have to. That's how you draw people in, right? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. If it's not going to make and money,
1: we're not going to have a better event each year. So that has to happen,
0: right? Yeah. And so you know, it, it's it, to me, it's not really a big deal. Um, I, I know that there's there's people out there that would prefer having a lot more focus on on the original stuff. And sometimes I would too. That would right. be my personal preference, but I understand what they're doing, and yep. you know they they do give us the love for everything else. So I'm yeah, I'm actually really happy with the era that we're in right now.
1: I am too. I am too. But that's not what we're talking about. Mm. <laughs> so back to <laughs> back to twenty four. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I, I I will apologize now. I think I'm, and I'm doing it again. But I think I'm I'm. I'm resisting doing this last one because I know it's the last one. (laughs) So let's just get into it and and start talking about the event.
1: Well, maybe this will make you feel better and maybe avoid. I don't think there is any confusion. This is not our last time you're going to hear us. This is just the last show you and I have written the notes for. We're taking the lead on and we, and we picked the subject matter. We're not leaving. No, no. We're, We're just letting someone else much younger and a better back do the heavy lifting. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's a great way to put it. <laughs> you like, like that? Please. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also—it's um, it, not so much that we're leaving the show, or that, that we're, we're handing it over. It's just that the original intent of this show is ending.
1: Yes, And, that's and I too. think
0: that's that's really the the thing that I'm, put, trying to postpone as long as possible. Yeah, <laughs> doing a good job of it. Right <laughs> you sure <now>. are, yeah. <laughs> but back um, to right. twenty four. <laughs> i'm not gonna go through the prices
1: uh the actually, prices start- I, I am oh, actually? And i'll tell you why i'm going yeah. through one price and i'll tell you why because you you asked me or no you you made the statement earlier before we even started recording I'm like i don't know how long ago i wrote my notes i'm like i know exactly how long i wrote my notes because gated admission is was this is one night gated mission 95 99 and i wrote i wonder if 25 will be the first hundred dollar ticket well Guess what? Uh, <laughs> I went back and looked and it was. So, yes, apparently I wrote yeah. this before we even knew how much tickets cost in Halloween Hard Nights 25. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So, there were, um, you know, some add on prices were about $42 bucks, uh, up to 70, um, 73 bucks on Saturdays. Um, they did still have the run of Rush of Fear and Express, Frequent Fear, That's that kind of stuff. So, that, that stuff was all there. Um, although, is it frequent fear plus express was two hundred and sixty bucks? Uh, oh, wow. two hundred fifty-five bucks. That's not bad at all. Still not no. Uh, it's it's come up a bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, granted, it has come up a bit, but they've also put on a whole lot more days. This is true. So this is true. You know, it, it's not like we're not getting our monies, or people aren't getting their monies worth. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just it's kind of interesting. You know, we're looking at. Uh, well you know then again it's it is six years ago already hmm yeah you know e- economy wise it's it's quite a while ago economy wise it was also much more in the downturn back then than it was the upturn that were while well, we were in until <laughs> yeah. a month ago <laughs> right um, but yeah um, the hours didn't really change 630 no. to 12 1 and 2 a.m depending on the day um, yeah and uh, and that kind of wraps up the, the the miniature details of yeah. the board the, the, minutia
1: of the, the event. It, um, yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, it was a very IP in the, again, we we're just talking about the IP area, very IP of the eight houses, very IP heavy five technically. Mm. Now, I mean, Halloween walking dead Dracula untold from dust till dawn. Those are four straight adaptations. Then there's alien versus predator, which is a, I mean, thank God they didn't follow the alien versus predator movie. Or either oh, yeah. movie that was kind of a uh, reimagining, or just taking a uh, their interpretation of it. But then the last yeah, it's three. Kind of a, sorry, it's it taking
0: two, basically taking two IPs and making a concept right, out, yeah, of, yeah. out of it, rather yeah. than following the movies.
1: Yes, and then the uh, what were the other three? Giggles and Gore. We're going to get to these, of course. Giggles and Gore, the Halls of the Damned, and uh, yeah, I can't up. find it. Thank you, Roanoke. Yes, four scare zones, and again, uh, the biggest area. And this we are going to cover in this episode, The Purge. So there's another IP, mm-hmm. flat out, taking over a large portion of the park. That's over mm-hmm. in the New York area. Uh, Masquerade Unstitched, Bayou of Blood, and Face Off in the Flesh, Face Off being the show that we've actually right. managed to hold off doing this episode to the point that that show's now been canceled. That's not even on the air anymore. So that's how right. long it take us to do this. So there's another, I guess that is an IP, even though it's a reality show. It's a, it is. It's an IP, yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's an IP
0: in, in the fact, I mean, I would, since we've had this argument about, um, the, the monsters last year, uh, monsters has last year, this was an internal IP, right? I mean, this is something universal already owned, Right. so it was, it's not, you know, the licensing deals are easier sort of thing. And I think this was mostly an advertising deal.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's, uh, what is it? It's on sci-fi or CFI. Whatever the I don't I still don't know why I'm still not used to it. It has been over a decade I think since they changed the name and it still looks dumb every time I see it. But it used to be a it sci-fi, is. which is an NBC Universal channel, so mm-hmm. it absolutely was a was a tie-in. And <laughs> truth be told, uh, it, it really doesn't take a lot of research to 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 find this out. But most of the major contestants. Including some like all timer winners, we're already doing Halloween Horror Nights before this show was even a thing. So it's it's yeah. it's also been cast basically by the park, by both parks, uh, Universal yep. uh, Orlando and Hollywood.
0: Um, all right, let's um, let's jump straight into the um, the street experiences, or as we know them better, the scare zones. Yes. I, um, I, let's uh, let's mix this up a little bit. Okay, I think we should go um let's let's go uh in the order that's no that's not the good (laughs) order Uh, i know the order i want i'm just having a hard time describing it in any way that makes sense so let's not do that it doesn't make sense let's start with um masquerade unstitched
1: okay yeah um this is this is a tough one because there's uh, i would say well there's really nothing wrong with all four of these which is unusual. Uh, one is at the bottom of the list because, you know, one has to be at the bottom of the list, but Masquerade Unstitched, it's its kind of timely that we just did that Passing the Torch type of uh, episode or the the uh, announcement episode with Shelby and Hunter because we were talking about this area of the park, like basically the entrance, the very first scare zone you go to if you walk straight through the gate, and how much of was, was a miss in a list that we were picking from? Had we hmm. done like the past six years, if we just somehow included 24, I I, I know for a fact our two lists would be different because Masquerade Unstitched was until probably last year the the last great scare zone for that section of the park. I totally
0: agree. Yes. I, um, I really enjoyed this entire zone. The stilt walkers were great. The fact that they were actually... Able to bring in like those beautiful gowns and the beautiful, um, uh, the suits that the, the guys were wearing. It was just like the costuming was awesome and brilliant. And, um, it, 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 those giant dresses that that sweep past you and and just like you, you really you get that sense of, of, uh, I don't know how to how to really explain it, but but almost claustrophobic because you, you know. You've got these giant people around you, but at the core of you, you know, they're still walkers and they they, they, you know, they, they're could fall over on you kind of thing. I, I At least I always have that fear. They're, I mean, I know they're professionals. I know they're good at what they <laughs> do and they don't fall over and all that stuff. But to me, it's like, ah, what the hell is going on, right? And then you add all of the other aspects of this, um, this, the, the scary aspects of this maze, and it just it really
1: crushes it. <laughs> it. was There was a real feeling of you, the the attendee of the event. Uh, of being an intruder to something because they were, for the most part, I'm going to say constantly dancing. There was, of course, moments where they're just walking and they're doing their lunge scares, but they they really kept the theme of this being a ball. They they were in these French Renaissance-like costumes. It, it, the, the, the idea behind this is kind of like how simple the idea was, but adapted for Halloween Horror Nights. They started with really good... Um, maybe not period accurate, but period representative costumes and then tore them up and bloodied everything up. They had this giant chandelier hanging over the street, which is really cool in something where you see nothing but 10 to 12 story buildings flanking either side of you to have something over your head to give a sense of, uh, of, of, um, uh, some the the room the area stopping of it being even a room was great and like I said they were there was maybe they weren't constantly dancing but they were dancing enough and and like you said with the warcos with their large um uh flowing dresses constantly turning and spinning you as the visitor were dodging and, and like I said it really felt like you were walking through something that you were interrupting and if you didn't get out, it was going to be a bad scene for you. I love the feeling this entire zone made you feel plus the look of it and design was just
0: gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it was great. And especially as an entryway zone where, you know, you're, this is the first thing you're coming into. Um, one of the things that, that after I'd, I'd seen this particular, um, entry zone, we'd, interviewed Mike Aiello sometime later and he mentioned the party aspect of this event that they really like to keep that party aspect of the event in people's minds. And I think this helps this zone helped with that this year because it was like the first thing you're in is this, this grand party and you know, it's like plus all of the, the, the gore aspect and the, the, the horror aspect. And it's just like, it's welcome to the party. Um, yeah. it's, it just worked really well.
1: <laughs> and this is uh, another one where I, I, would continually appreciate it more the more i went through there was always it was hard to to miss the giant candles that flanked the entrance on both sides but it, it wasn't one of those uh i don't know I, I noticed there was faces in the wax that's hard to miss but it wasn't until a, a walk or two through this that i realized that the faces were half scarred or mutilated And I was like, oh, well, clearly these are the true faces of the masked characters in there. Another detail that again helped me appreciate the zone as the more I went through it. And to follow it up with Scream Punk was such a shame the following year. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: And I think Scream Punk was trying to do this and it just missed really badly. Mm. Um, But we're not talking about that. Nope, nope uh we are we much talking about masquerade unstitched and uh yeah I think uh um it's to me this was this was definitely a hit yes. and um i I think I agree with you until the last year or two this is the best uh use this was the last really good use of that area that they've had in years
1: yeah which is strange because it's this isn't the first time we've talked highly about a zone in this area it's just it's after this we had a lot of misses until mm-hmm. i think until an arcade really mm-hmm.
0: and i think part of it it um yeah i maybe i guess i don't understand why i don't know um i actually thought uh not um year before last uh was was not bad um crap what was it it was the, the one that had the, the harvest stuff with the, yeah the yes, harvest thank yeah. you uh, I thought that one was okay. It wasn't as good as as Anarchy, and it definitely right. wasn't as good as Masquerade and Stitch. But I thought it was good. I, it I thought was, it was a good use of the of the area.
1: It was better. It was definitely better than the past couple of years. And mm. I think I, it was it was, uh, and it probably was unfair. I think to me it was okay. Well, we'll see what happens next year before I give total props to this year, which was not a fair yeah. thing to do. But uh, you know, I'm a fan. I am allowed to want everything i want the way i want it and if it's not like it i'm going to complain on the internet yeah loudly (laughs) right
0: (laughs) and nobody will listen to me but
1: But i'll feel good about it
0: (laughs) okay um let's go uh move to face off and and that's why i said there's no real it's not a real walking path that we're using this year so um face off in the flesh um i you know Actually, let's let's hear a good description of it first.
1: Okay, so this was uh, the um, Hollywood Boulevard one, and we've had we've talked about this several times of being st- uh, kind of uh, these stages off to once either side. In this in this case, I think it was all on the right side, assuming you're going from the front gate right into this, and the stages were showcases of. Designs from Face Off. Now, here was a fun thing for me in this particular uh scare zone: is that there was an episode of Face Off that season with Mike Aiello and John Murdy on it, and it was the ch- it was the the big challenge for the week for the contestants, and they had to make designs for Halloween Horror Nights. That same year in Hollywood, they had a Face Off. I think it was also called Face Off in the Flesh, but it was a house. It wasn't a, a scare zone, and the winner won whatever the prize was then. I only expected to see the masks and the costume, the whole thing. They do the whole thing from that episode. But when I I, I immediately recognized when I went through designs from previous seasons. So they pretty much took all the Halloween themed or the horror theme that could fit into kind of this was the halloween ish zone and we'll talk about what the where the halloween zone usually is this was the halloween zone of the year so they took everything that was really harkened the halloween from all the seasons and put them in here which was awesome and the Mm -hmm. main the main characters were up on stages i want to say four stages i might have that number wrong i'm sure i'll be corrected if i am and they wrote and it was at shift change it wasn't just other characters in the same costume they rotated the costume so that was really cool to see more than i expected now that's one thing. On the streets, we had characters that fit the theme of the what was on the stage, but not a direct redesign of that. It just like if you had a kind of a scarecrowish Halloween type guy, you had a had a kind of farmhand and ripped up clothing and bloodied and yada 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 and so on and so forth. I do have a list of all the characters that were that were list that were uh, featured that year. We had a deformed pumpkin head scarecrow an axe-wielding half-faced maid, a wood-textured flame-head monster, which was awesome because it was... I mean, I... I, I, I That is the description. I, I have no else, no idea how else to explain it. Picture a piece of wood that grew into the shape of flames from a natural fire. Freaking yeah. gorgeous it- design. A dreadlocked skin-patched face kind of guy. Uh, a sea... Um, a captain that was kind of had his features interwoven with his tall ship, uh, a, a, a sharp-toothed jack-o'-lantern scrow, uh, scarecrow, sorry, demonic, burnt-faced, black-dressed temptress, an electrocuted snake-strangled mad scientist, and then finally a skull-headed minotaur. I mean, the, the, the work these people have done on the show. I used to love this show. It's actually unfortunate. It was a good show. It's unfortunate it's not on, but it's it's it's. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: uh, I, it's one of those things where I think it, it it had a good end, like it had a good run, and
1: they didn't try and keep it going until it was really, really bad. Exactly. I mean, I, I never felt that the the challenges were necessarily directly repeated, but you kind of had some uh, mm. ideas and uh, concepts from the past things. So and I'm not I'm not saying there's only so many things you can do. There's just it's. It's, 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 there was only so many things they did. Yeah, and and it's TV. It's too. It's like I'm sure. I'm, yeah. I'm positively sure the creative team behind the show could have done some really elaborate things, but the but the production team's like, no, we need these things done in 48 hours. You know, where they're coming up with mm-hmm. things that would take weeks. So I understand the limitations on um, in general. I don't know the details, yeah. but uh, I was really really happy to see how cool these things looked in person as well as they did on TV. I really enjoyed this zone. Yeah, me too. I uh, I thought
0: this was um, this one was because uh, we talked about this actually before we went to the event. You said that there was this uh, this face off zone, and if I'd seen the show, and I had, and we talked about it, and um, and I was kind of worried that you know on TV you can. Yes. There's a lot of things yep. you can do on TV. <laughs> That's exactly that, what I was sa-
1: kind of thinking when I said what I just
0: th- said, but go ahead. let <laughs> not translate to the real world. Mm-hmm. And they nailed it. They, they really nailed it. I mean, everything that I'd seen on TV translated to the real world really, really well. And um, the costumes were beautiful. The actors were really, really good. And yeah, it just worked. Uh, um, it was it was a surprisingly good zone. Right. And I say that I don't say that negatively at all. I mean, <laughs> it generally surprised, genuinely surprised me that I enjoy this zone that much, and it was good. Yeah, yeah.
1: My um, my one curious thing I had was was how active were were they going to have the face off characters because it's these masks were kind of once and done, so I. I I would I would think the logic brain of me says they they've made multiple of them, but then it wouldn't be a far cry that this these things are made so fast in competition that the molds were destroyed and recycled for room and for for um, props or for whatever uh, for resources that they weren't able to make them. So I was like, I wonder how how interactive those characters were. And well, we saw they were on the stage, which was probably a part of the intent to help preserve everything as well as they could for the entire run of the event. Yep. Yeah, and you know,
0: kudos to them for figuring out how to do that. I think true. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: You
0: know, uh, also I think giving them that um, gave gave them uh, you know gives them a setting, and it doesn't just doesn't just have these characters wandering down the street. You actually give them a little setting and a little stage that they can they can prop you know put props and stuff on. Mm-hmm. It, it worked to me. It worked really really well. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, all right, let's move to. Uh, let's move to purge. Okay. Um, this thing was giant. Uh, <laughs> it was. they, they, and, and this is something that I've asked for in, in more reuse of this zone is to use all three streets and use the whole area of New York to, to really, really, uh, make a giant freaking scare zone. Yeah.
1: And these guys did. This was, and. I want to point out for anyone that is about to roll their eyes at what I say because of purge fatigue, which some people had, this was the first one. And this was the perfect setting for the purge. The purge, the purge appeared in two houses later. I mean, if you want to count the Blumhouse Mm -hmm. appearance and the purge appeared in both the houses, As a, second ringer for other reasons that we've already discussed in other shows. But, uh, the, this is, this is, this is where you need that. The, you, uh, a purge house just is, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's fine. But the purge in the streets is where it needs to be. And if you're going to do it, you need a lot of people in it. And this had a lot of people. And I mean, characters. It, it had a lot in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, this zone was packed. yep uh, and, and you know, it, it was, and it was one of those things where they, they, train the characters to funnel you down the side streets so you didn't miss the side streets which were amazing as well you know it, it's just i, I it, this was just beautifully done i thought i mean i agree i think purge needs to be in the streets and i think i've only had one purge experience that that might have even rivaled this and, and oh, yeah, that was yeah. the the one in LA. Yeah. Um, you know, the terror tram in LA when they did the purge, we, that was really great. That was uh, cool. But this this was really good too. And it, it definitely rivaled that for sure. Um, you know, that just the, the giant stand or grandstand that they had mm-hmm. where they were executing people, the mini shows that they had going on, the the the, the all of the, the characters that were around the, using the the masks from the movies yeah. and all that stuff. It's just it was just fun, yeah. Like, and it was that chaos that the purge. The purge is just a bunch of chaos, right? Yes, and, and it's a bunch of horror chaos, and that works perfectly in a yeah. scare zone. And I think that's
1: why this worked so well. And the um, and they uh, they not only did they fill the street with characters, but they filled the street with with things to get in the way. New York is a big. The, the main street is really huge. The 3 side streets mm-hmm. a little smaller, a little tighter, a um, little easier to put characters in. But they put up. Road barriers and they're wrecked in their dead cars in the middle ish. I would say roughly was a big, one of the street construction signs, the yellow, I don't even know yep. if they're LADs, the yellow lights. And it said, blessed, blessed be our founding fathers. And it flashed and enjoy the purge. They had dumpsters, they had dumpsters of bodies laying on them. And then, and then you just had all the characters, around that in fact on the other side of it the way I'm walking I'm walking from it um from the mummy towards uh rip ride and I guess Jimmy Fallon now is where that entrance is a well, twister at the time um then of course you had what well, you said you had the the bus with the platform on top of it where they had the auction for the hmm. for the people to purge so yeah. the streets were were not only filled with people it was filled with things to make them uh, give them the op- the characters opportunity to even do their job. Uh, even that much better and and like you said they had the um the uh, i'm not gonna list the characters in the movies but the purgers from the movies but they also threw the chainsaw ch- the chainsaw drill team in here which is a oh. perfect setting for them of course i mean yeah it's yeah. just it, it was such a
0: it was a marriage of, of so many different things uh, together that just Um, You know, we talk on this show often about lightning in a bottle, and I think (laughs) that this purge year was lightning in a bottle for for that scare zone. It was just, it was so many things that came together in in such good ways that it just, yeah, it blew me away.
1: And there was um, the one little touch I like, too, is that they actually turned the the street facade, the stores, into stores by putting TVs in there that was constantly playing the the purge um, (laughs) uh, emergency broadcast. Which yep. was that was kind of neat to give it a little more realism. And there was um apart from the uh the chainsaw drill team had their launch show with the uh the auction. At the end of the auction, that's when the chainsaw drill yeah. team was released. There was another one. I, I don't know what you would call it, just kind of like the roaming show where the, the box truck with the two dirt bikes would just kinda come out on street and, and oh yeah there'd be a there'd be s there'd be a show where there'd be uh I don't know what, five, six purgers that jumped out of it and they they had grabbed the victim and put her in and the truck drove off. I mean, it was, it was not as fast as I'm saying it, but we had two mini shows in here as well, which we had the room well, to do in this scare zone.
0: Yeah. And then each of the side streets had show. Yeah. I, I don't know, like it's not many shows, but they had, um, uh, set pieces there and they had characters working in concert to, to really, yeah. really screw people up. Like right. it was, they were, they were scaring the living crap out of people. <laughs> um, and and just like they they set themselves up so that you know one could feed off the other could feed off the other sort of thing and every just when you thought you were safe it's just like bam you get hit again um that entire area was so well used in this in this year that it, i yeah i remember it fondly yeah
1: yeah this is a, again it was the, the first one of this whole scare zone and it's it's we're going to talk about another property later in the, in part 2 that is has massive ip fatigue for hhn but we're talking about their early years of them so yeah i I know just even talking about them fondly as getting some eye rolls but remember this is the this this is the first time so it's it's it was nobody had seen yeah exactly it it was new it was awesome it was scary it was i remember walking through Texting you and and uh, Smitty, my one of my first times through, and one of the characters getting me like really good because I was too stupid to wait <laughs> till I was outside of the scare zone to text you guys. It was I love this scare zone. <laughs> um, this was
0: also another one of the scare or another one of the times that the the wheelchair dude nearly took yeah, me out. Yep, <laughs> I remember that one too. Yep. He was on the chainsaw drill team yes, again. Yep. Um, and he was a perger, of course. And and yeah, he damn near took me out again. <laughs> yeah. Um that guy, I don't know what, what it is with that guy and me, but he, he seems like every time he sees me, he's just like, Oh, I'm gonna take this dude out. And, and he never does because he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just feels like it at the time. Like I'm oh no, I'm done. Yeah. Um yeah, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, we could talk about this yeah, one. I, but know, right? <laughs> I think we should, we should probably move on probably to should, the last yep. one. Yep,
1: which is uh, Bayou of Blood. Bayou of Blood over in the that whole wooded area, the the park. This is where typically, not only historically but since then, where the Halloween themed thing would be. But now it's a voodoo theme, which is not to say it doesn't fit Halloween. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying they kind of just put that in the the face off one in this and then just re just completely went all in on the voodoo theme on this one, which they yeah. did really well. I mean, swamps of Louisiana, was, they got trees and this is along the water. It's not a far cry for the setting no. for this at all.
0: It was creepy. It was it was cool. This one was uh this one was was a really really good use of that area. Um, specifically for the reasons you just outlined with, with the trees in the water that just kind of made you feel like you're in the bayou and then the masks and the, and the makeup, the makeup in this, in this oh, scare yeah. zone was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I the, the, uh, what is that? I guess it's skull makeup or, or faux skull makeup, but it's very, very, uh, um, stylized skull makeup that they use for a lot of the voodoo stuff that they, yeah. you know, in New Orleans buy you and stuff. And, I know and that makeup, Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, I know exactly right?
1: what you're talking about. And it probably is a style to it. And it probably actually is a thing because they usually tend to use that for, um, well, I don't want to say they that that the, the artistic design uses it for do, voodoo priests. I think voodoo priests tend to use it as part of their on uh, some well, part, uh, yeah, yeah. part of the ritual yeah the ritual i don't know i'm I, there, when there's something when it's that ingrained there's a name for it but i it, i'll be damned if i have an idea I, what it is but i know what you're talking about
0: yeah and I, I don't know it either and i don't want to be disrespectful right. either yeah, because, exactly. you know, it's yeah. just, but it's it's this really and and the makeup artists use that to really really good effect in this zone in yep. fact i it was almost like um some of it was it, it, I know I don't think it was but it looked glow in the dark because of the way the lights were and the way that the makeup was and I think this is part of is also part of why the they they do it in the the voodoo culture is just that that stark thing and when it's in the dark you you just see the white and that's all you see and or the the lighter colors
1: oh man I this was amazing it was, it was beautiful I mean the costumes were fantastic the makeup like you said as well but the Along with that, the kind of the, the shanty shacks, <laughs> I just realized I named one of our favorite breweries in the Santa Cruz area, yes. but the but the, but that's, I mean, this is what they were, <laughs> this is where the name comes from. The shanty shacks that they built on the opposite side of the fence and along the water to make it feel like you are in this just forgotten area of the swamp on the water that you've made a wrong turn. The whole setting of this was just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had witch doctors and voodoo priest and there's always fog in there. And you said something about, I don't think there was black light. Like, I don't think they're going to dark because, because I don't think so either. Right. It was predominantly green and purple, which purple makes me think black lights. I just think it was because it mostly was, was green and purple kind of. I think
0: it was just that it was really dark. And uh, (laughs) um,
1: and with those
0: lights, like you're saying, with the color of the lights, it was really dark. And that stark, you know, uh, bright colored paint on the on the darker color just yeah,
1: yeah I, I, it worked really right. really well <laughs> uh this was actually um all in all as much as i talked about uh the purge this was probably my favorite scare zone of the year because i think of all four well by, Spoiler by, alert. by yeah <laughs> the, <laughs> the um uh the it's it's a real to- it's a real toss-up of immersiveness between this and the purge I think the only reason The Purge doesn't have it is that is that they didn't really have to transform the rest of New York. They put a lot of stuff in the streets, which was great. And I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. that that works against it, but they took this wooded area, which is usually lights and jack-o-lanterns and a lot of Halloween stuff, which I love as well, but they actually they put up the the housing facades, they changed the lights, they put in the fog, they put in characters I'd not seen in that area before. And kind of made me forget that what this area was in the past and i think that's what ends up making it my favorite scare zone of that year yeah i yeah i can this is my my favorite
0: area for scare zones and they absolutely utilized this area well that year and uh you know i we we often talk about the lighting in this and we, we briefly mentioned that already but the lighting this year was perfect yeah um and this is one of the, the first years I think that we'd really found that that if you go in the hideaway of of this I don't it doesn't exist anymore because they yeah. used to <laughs> Yeah, you used to be able to crawl in the back area and just kind of take a look at the scare zone from from the side and and see the way the lights moved and all that stuff. And we did that. And think is one of the first years that we did that, and it was just it was unbelievable. It was just beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. And then the way the those green and purple lights would, they were so high up. And then by the time they'd, they'd be solid and they break through the trees and you can actually see where they would break into the, the, just the, the partial lighting after the tree. Yep. Yeah. That was just an awesome thing to, to stumble upon back there. Yep.
0: Anyway. It was, yeah. Uh, Can't, cannot say enough about that. Oh, it's just so much fun.
1: Now we can't um, talk. We can't talk about this scene without talking about the thing that started and then quickly was removed from the scare zone, which unfortunately we, you and yeah. Smitty didn't get to see live, but you heard all about. We did. And this was the voodoo priestess that did a human sacrifice at the area. Uh, it's, I don't think it was quite the corner of the, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it was quite the corner of the um Jack uh, or the uh, carnival carnage in the uh, the uh, Academy of Villains stage. I think it's more a little towards the right of that, but it was at the, that side of the scare zone. Now she would come in into the zone, beckoning her audience to come closer as she went up on stage. And she was Mike Buddha priestess. And with one of those just voice changing modulation, it was deep, but it was high. It sounded like three voices talking at once. And she was loud enough to even add her voice to that fantastic actress for this role. She brought everyone in. She announced that has blood has spilled over and doomed the bayou. and she asks the gods or she she asked the audience if they would like a sacrifice, which of course was a <laughs> renouunncing <laughs> yes, a resounding yes for that matter, if I decide to choose the right word. And then she says, "Well, a sacrifice you shall have." And then she calls for her offering, and there's a victim who's basically stripped down their shorts and he has kind of a just a a piece of his uh, a shirt over his shoulders. He's being unwillingly pulled to the stage. The priestess casts a spell on him. He falls back. Her assistants strap him to the table. He's wheeled to the front of the stage. The priestess does this speaking in tongues chant of of sorts, and then she drives a knife into his abdomen, which blood is just pouring over his stomach now, and then she starts pulling out his entrails, doing that that little... Um, a trick that uh, if you've ever seen Man on the Moon, it was uh, how the, the the guy fooled Andy Kaufman and uh, thinking he cured his cancer. It's the, the little sleight of hand where she's looks like she's got her her hand wrist deep into his stomach and pulling out the intestines, but it's just all this whole sleight of hand trick. And then the piece resistance is that she takes him and just rubs the bloody guts all over her face and releases the evil into the bayou. And for some reason, people had a problem with it. I,
0: I don't understand why. I know, right? Like, I mean, what are you signing up for when you go That's to Halloween? The
1: That's the thing. It's like it's like I understand. I don't uh, understand. Is not the word I'm looking for. I I I get. There's a type of people that no matter what you tell them, and no matter how many years this goes on, they're always going to find a problem with it. I just and i'm with you i don't understand why they go what what is your even right. if it's your like, first night then the- don't come back don't ruin it for the rest of the world Just go to disney yeah they have what you want
0: exactly you, you know what i mean yeah. like, like I, I don't understand uh, it, yeah it, it really i don't like how Um, people can, you know, complain about things when, you know, universal does such a good job of saying, this is a 13 and up (laughs) event minimal, right? Like this is, you don't bring your kids to this event. Don't, this is an adult uh, uh, thing. We're going to scare you. That is our goal. We want to scare people. We want to gross you out. We want to bring live movie effect style horror right into your lap. What part of that don't you understand? I know. Yeah. And, and anyway,
1: um, and I wonder—I have no basis in this statement at all—but I wonder if it has more to do with the religious angle of it than had anything to do with the gore.
0: You know, and if if the 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 voodoo religion was was complaining that it made them look bad and all that stuff, then I, I have more sympathy for
1: that. Oh, I wasn't thinking uh, that. I was thinking the fact that voodoo was represented in a public place. That's. Uh, but uh, you're, but you you make a valid point. That may, that's a valid point that that I would understand more than what my where my thought process is going
0: right I mean I, I'm not a religious person at all but right. I do understand like people have their you know their uh, traditions and all that stuff and if if people thought their traditions were being mocked then yes I agree take it away yeah. uh and, and 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 don't do it but I don't believe that that was the case I, I don't
1: think so either I was thinking more people were upset that that we we would have a, a spotlight on voodoo in a yeah. in a theme park because people just lose their and freaking spotlight minds
0: on in theme parks. right and a spotlight on voodoo actually killing people yeah, right yeah, With, yeah you know the, that's to me more what what I think happened um, I just I was just you know saying no, that I do understand a, why point. things are removed yeah if if it's uh, you know if it's cultural or religious or you know anything when if you're if you're mocking people uh, yeah I get it. You know, um, I'm. I can mock people personally. <laughs> Companies really shouldn't mock cultures or or yeah, society or, or you know niches of people. I'd get it. Anyway, um, bio, bio blood was amazing. It was. Um, yeah. It was really, really beautiful.
1: Ridiculously strong um, year for scare zones. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think you know this. This kind of um, it's a good year for for us to wrap up our, our yeah, year <laughs> coverage on uh, for scare zones. And it's it's one of the things when, you know, I've been saying about the last few years or some of the last few years that, that some years have been a little weak for scare zones. These are the years that I point to as to why I say that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when, when you compare some of this stuff to, I don't know, saying like chance of scare zone or, you know, even one thing that I... I I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to point out bad scare zones <laughs> or anything, but um, if you compare this year's scare zone lineup to some of those, some of the newer years, it's not. It, it, this is the example I would use to say this is why I I might say it's a weaker scare zone yep, year. I follow you completely. Um, all right, now that we've we've got the scare zones yes. wrapped up, um, we are going to move on to the shows, mm-hmm. and we always save head for last, yep. and it's only one <laughs> other one. Um, we've, we've covered this one several times, we but do. we are going to talk about it again, and we're going to go through the highlights of it again, just probably fairly quickly, but it, it deserves it because, um, this is the, this is the last year we saw it, right?
1: It is. It's the last year of Rocky yeah. Horror Picture Show Attribute. Yep. Yeah, And I, I, I'm not going to go into as much detail as it did, did in 23. 23, we really outlined everything. But if, <laughs> if you're new to this, first I encourage you to go back, not only listen to 23, but the rest of the, your episodes if you're interested in the history of the event. But this was a it was a condensed version of Rocky Horror built around the songs. They had done all the songs featured in the movie, and they'd kind of alter – they wouldn't really alter the script because it wasn't a new story, but they'd condense the script. They'd have acting scenes, and they would have the narrator – from the film do interstitials, but it was a very rapid version of the film. It's it's taking the, I don't know, it's 70, 80 minutes and condens- condensing it down to about 25, but featuring all the music with some insanely talented performers. I mean, the, the performances mm. on this stage were way better than the movie. And and I mean, Susan Sarandon and Barry Boswick are, aren't, aren't singers first, actors second, it's vice versa. So when you cast this tribute around talented performers in general that are strong singers, it it can't help but be good. And it was just, it was, it was an event I always loved. I was, (laughs) I'm going to say I, it's hard to say I was disappointed. It wasn't back in 25 because we, what we got in 25, but I, I do wish one way or another, it will return somehow, some way. And and we'll never say never, who knows what's going to happen, but we have not had it since 24 and it's been, it will be five years this year.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, so um, it's no secret on the show that Rocky Horror was never my my bag like it was yours. Um, but I went to see this, well, we went every year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i remember because we just it's a nice time to sit down and spend 20 minutes 25 minutes just hanging out you know, listening to the music and the music in that movie is just amazing yes. i mean or yeah and so you, you can't that's something nobody can argue right, i don't think right. um it's, well it's, that's it's not like, true I mean, it's
1: iconic too i mean people are still it put it on their halloween list or uh, the playlist every year oh yeah, uh, 40, oh, yeah. 40 years later yeah <laughs> i know
0: <laughs> um And so, you know, it was, and and the, the great thing about the show is that they tried to make it semi-interactive. Um, I mean, obviously people weren't packing toast or anything, but, uh, but, you know, they tried to make it very interactive and, and, um, and and this again, with the, with the tie in to masquerade here is is they, this created part of the party atmosphere to me. Um, you know, there's just a lot of people having fun. Most people sitting there had drinks and listening to music and just kind of, getting back into the party atmosphere of the event uh it was it was a good show for that
1: yeah yeah they did have a a uh a section over this i I know at least one year it was at the bottom left of the stage maybe that changed but that was where you could shout out the lines like you would in a movie um Mm -hmm. they didn't really bother you about standing up to do the time warp so there was that that section of the of the um, it was it I didn't mention this it was at the which is now gone as well the Beetlejuice Graveyard Review Theater so there was yeah. that section of the theater where they allowed you to treat the the performance as you would interact with the movie so that was kind of cool yeah. yeah it was I I I think
0: it was a really really well executed show for years and years and 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 they just um, they kept highlighting amazing performers and yeah it was fun it was really fun yeah. Um, all right. That brings us to
1: yep. Bill and Ted. <laughs> Bill and <Ted's> excellent <laughs> Halloween adventure. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, and this year. And <sighs> was that a good one or a bad, one? I'm curious. It was a good one. Okay, good, good. Whew. I was like, and we're going to have some yeah, very, yeah, no, no, I like this year a lot.
0: Yes. I, I just, I just watched it, uh, go oh, what about a week and a half, uh-huh. two weeks ago. I watched it on YouTube and. And, uh, no, this was a good year. Yep. I like this year.
1: Yep. So, in the Fear Factor Theater, the former Wild Wild West Theater, and the opening, as we always get... Well, first, we have the Fail Army, as we're sitting down, of course. But now, the opening was done by a member of Anonymous, almost, I should say, because it's not quite the mask, to avoid the copyright infringement of... Uh, I, I keep quoting back to Vendetta, but I know there's a name for the mask. The Anonymous mask. I don't know what the Oh, is. um
0: Oh, um, it's, it's the... Um, the guy's name, Guy
1: Fox. Guy Fox. Yes, yes. I just looked Sorry. it up right as you thought of it. Ah, oh, damn it. I,
0: uh, yeah. I, I, no, I mean, I, I know the mask name. I'm just yeah, like, the- I, I know the song name. I'm just like, I'm trying to go through all of it just to jog that part of my stupid right, yeah. brain. I right know.
1: <laughs> but and, they, it, and, it wasn't yeah, quite the- that, but I got the idea it was anonymous. And they were talking about that you were part of this party and you couldn't attend the party without a magical tracking band, which are super cool and totally can't kill you. And it's. Just happens to be the same year that Disney had released their Magic Bands, which I think they're called. Which I still have not bought one to this day. I still use the plastic pass cards, which the 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 uh, what are they cast <laughs> member, whatever they're called at Disney. They get they you can tell they're annoyed, but they can't show it yes. that I have those, and I love it. I love every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I mean, I oh, you really are an asshole. I know. <laughs> well, it's Disney. <laughs> what? True enough. True <laughs> Someone enough. has to put him to the test. I mean, come on.
0: Who deserves it more than the mouse? <laughs>
1: exactly right. Yeah. So this party is taking place at the Smegma Pie Delta Fraternity at Street Number Four Twenty on the House, and the rush chairman Zach Afron is announced, and he walks out onto the balcony. And he's announcing that they're throwing the greatest Halloween frat party ever with all the usual frat party events, including pledge hazing, which he brings out their latest pledge, Justin Bieber. (laughs) Because we're in the era of Justin Bieber and Bill and Ted. And actually, they don't do anything to him, which I was kind of surprised. But they do announce their new or they introduce their new frat house advisor. And it's red from orange is the new black. And she goes over the rules. Yep, we are going to have bad language and sexy dancing and blah, blah, blah. We've we've been through this 23 times prior to this. Well, 22. 22. There was no Bill and Ted in year one. Right. And just before we get into the opening dance number, there is an electric shock sound. And one of the frat boys dies. But Zach exclaims, nothing's going to stop that party. And someone asks, where are the girls? And he says, would I throw a party without the girls? And the girls come out, and bam, we get the opening dance number, which is, we've, like I said, 22 times before.
0: And it's always a good time. <laughs> it
1: always is, yes. We go from the opening dance number to a rendition of Re- We Will Rock You, and the time-traveling phone booth appears, and out comes Bill and Ted. They do their usual, I am Bill. Oh, my God, I just fucked up. I am I am." Bill S. Preston Esquire. I almost said Bill S. Theodore Logan. I'm like, that's that's not right. <laughs> I had 22 chances, to get 23 chances to get this right. <laughs> so he does. I have the Bill S. Preston Esquire, and I am Ted Theodore Logan, and we are Wild Stallions, of course. Yes. So right after they introduce himself, Ice Cube pops up from the audience, and he needs Bill and Ted to go undercover as college students to figure out why... All the students are dying at the Smegma Pi Delta fraternity house. Now, I gathered that this is a 21 Jump Street, the movie version reference, but I did not bother to rent either film to find out for sure, because they're 21 Jump Street, the movie. (sighs)
0: Smitty actually (laughs) um, introduced me to the first 21 Jump Street movie. That's all I have to say. <laughs>
1: okay. That is not where I
0: thought. Mom always going. said if you can't say something nice.
1: <laughs> never mind that. Okay. I was sitting here with you know, actually interested to hear where that was going, but I get it now. Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um No, it's uh Uh But the other thing I think was that was this Ice this was Ice Cube, ice never cube, mind. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they find out that the fraternity house is actually on the grounds, the larger grounds of the school for incredibly ungifted celebrities. And this <laughs> conversation is interrupted. But then this conversation is interrupted by this the babbling Donald Sterling, which I forgot was a whole thing. What do you, who do you own? The Knicks or something? The whole racist, sexist thing with that guy. But this, they, they must have... I'm not gonna I I don't want to say I don't want to speak for him. Maybe it's just all they could really think to do with this character. He was so off model or off inspiration that it's actually kind of annoying. Like, not that I'm a Don Sterling fan. I don't even care about the guy. It's just this this caricature of whoever he was supposed to be just got really annoying really fast. And I actually point out the moment where I'm like, I want this character to never show up on stage again. And um possibly that
0: was intentional just to make you hate the man I'm, even more th-
1: this is true this is very true And uh, you know what with, the, with how solid this bill and ted is which we're going to talk about at the end of this i would not be surprised mm. but he had like kind of the closing line for whatever sexist racist thing he said was i'm just an old man i don't know what i'm doing and then they'd crazily walk off stage yeah well <laughs> which
0: isn't that isn't that <laughs> um isn't that the line that every politician is pretty <laughs> much using these right days
1: now, yeah this is true you yeah. know so Ice Cube gives Bill and Ted their magical tracking band so that they get into the party. Uh, and Bill, <laughs> as he's explaining this, Bill adds in his two cents so he says, "Like sounds like they're a huge waste of money to me," which I still agree because to this day, as I said just minutes ago, I still don't buy. I haven't bought one or own one, and I won't. But I mean, it's. I they're still they're still selling them like freaking like crazy and they have all these yeah and and gangbusters and they have like like little uh doodads you can put on them so you know what do i know if there's a way to make a fortune very easily disney's gonna figure it out i have to admit that at least
0: oh yeah and and i mean like you know my my sister-in-law is a disney file and her kid is a disney file her kid is actually going to design school with the end goal of becoming an imagineer so you know they're they're freaking crazy disney files and i get it i yeah. sort of get it i just don't understand how <laughs> they, you know And i mean I, this is coming from a star wars fan right. who has like a lot of star wars toys and stuff but it's like i don't i'm not driven to get every goddamn star wars thing because yeah, well it's a good movie right <laughs> they're like way out there
1: yeah uh. anyway back to Bill and Ted here so Ice Cube leaves and he takes a time traveling phone booth with him and it takes a few moments for Bill and Ted to actually realize what's going on and then Bill finally says well what the booth god what are we going to do and enter the young version of Charles Xavier the one from X-Men's Days of Future Past at this point and that's it at this point and he comes out in his wheelchair nope. he's got needles hanging out of his arm and he's accompanied by his uh, well it's not his X-Men what is it it's his un gifted celebrity something i just had it written down there is uh yeah his incredibly ungifted celebrity mystical so xavier tells mystical to show off her shape shifting abilities and change into something and she does and she pops out as the twerking version of miley cyrus so that was this time period uh, yeah yeah yep. <laughs> and then bill and ted ask. Can't just <laughs> shape shift into Magneto, and then the Miley Cyrus mystical disappears, and out comes Magneto. She kind of got the job half done. It's a guy with a helmet, but he's still wearing the twerking Miley Cyrus costume from last. Segment. Right, 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 yeah. right. Oh yeah, and <laughs> it stays on oh, the entire I about that detail. rest of the run. Yes. <laughs> so Bill and Ted ask Xavier, "What's the best way to contact other students?" Xavier gets out of his chair first by removing the blanket that covers his legs and he's wearing fishnets and, and high heels. And I'm pretty sure this is a rarely noticed. And I only say it because of the age of it. a rarely noticed Rocky horror reference, because that's what Dr. Scott, exactly what he does in his final scene of don't dream it, be it he, or before the, we get into the fanfare and he, he pulls this blanket off his legs and he's wearing fishnets and high heels. It was so quick and so Such a big laugh, I don't know that the actual reference was noticed, if it was supposed to be that. Maybe someone just had the same joke as uh, Richard O'Brien 40 years ago. Possibly. So he gives the interface to Cerebro. And one last warning that don't go near that frat house because students are dying to get in. But I'm jumping. So Bill put, yeah, Bill puts on the helmet of Cerebro, and the screen gives us a look into Bill's mind. And it's just this montage of rock music, girls in bikinis, car chases, and explosions. So conversely, Ted puts it on, and it's a big image of a hamster eating a giant food pellet. <laughs> Which was nice. actually a really good joke, I thought.
0: That was a really good joke.
1: <laughs> so the show gets interrupted by the Somali pirate from Captain Phillips exclaiming or declaring I am look at me look at me I am the captain now and of course over and over and over again oh well well, he said I I already blew the freaking joke he says I am the wild stallion now not the captain oh he's he's quoting the movie I am the captain now and Bill and Ted (laughs) like in one of those cases too too dumb to be scared said if thank if he can't play his drum if he can't play drums and he's not a wild stallion Oh, really? Oh, come on. I thought that was kind of funny.
0: It is funny, but, okay. but I had to put in the dad joke growing there. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So to interrupt this exchange, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme plays, and the Megan Fox version of April O'Neil arrives, along with a monkey and a dolphin. And we find out, or, well, okay. So the inspiration is the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and dolphin tail Two, but their real their show names for this is emo tween radioactive ape and menopausal gluten-free dolphin <coughs> <laughs> and just to add one more in the mix by the time this introduction is done the american ninja dancing pando comes out for a little bit and then a real turtle makes a brief appearance on stage i think there's a confusion between leonardo and, and michelangelo and it turns out it's <laughs> actually uh oh, what's that guy's name I, I just complaining about him uh uh, uh donald uh, oh uh,
0: yeah sterling <laughs> uh, whatever. sterling yeah sterling, saying, sterling
1: of course that all turtles look the same but he's just an old man he doesn't know what he's <sighs> doing
0: Ugh. yeah so um so i i had honestly Forgotten that the reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was this long ago. I know, right? Like, like, holy crap, dude! I'm I'm missing gaps in my older age. See, in my (laughs) younger years, when I had these time gaps that I was missing, I put it up to drugs and alcohol, which was accurate. (laughs) Now, not sure where all the time's going. I'm pretty sure I'm not doing those drugs anymore. It's
1: alcohol and lack of sleep.
0: Hmm.
1: Or too much. An old age. Yeah, okay. That too. So after uh, Darling Sterling, I almost said said (laughs) Donald Sterling's exit, we get another uh, electric shock sound effect and a little bit of flashing lights, and now Megan Fox is dead. So as they're declaring, of course, she's dead, they're distracted when the frat bachelor starts. And now we have a bachelor who has a rose, And he has a single ladies that need to be introduced. And first up is Scarlett Johansson as Lucy, which that's a movie I didn't realize was at this point. Yeah. Then the the second single lady is introduced as Katniss from Hunger Games. But the actual girl is a little pissed because she's not Katniss. She's Triss from Divergent, which I guess was... Uh, a common, <laughs> a common uh, mistake at that time of that period of time between the two characters and the two movie series, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. One which was good, and one which was.
1: <laughs> and the final single single lady is a grown up Annie, and we have the new version of Annie, but in the old versions, red dress and giant red hair, and instead of having her actual dog with her, she's dragging a stuffed dog on a leash as she comes out on stage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this
0: stuffed dog being dragged was funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, and it wasn't even like it's a dead dog. It's just like yeah, just dragging a dog along because this just dragging dad, a dog. Annie, yeah. the red, well, both of them had the dog character, but this was the um, the red dressed Annie dog. I know I know more about Annie than I should, and that's it. That's that's the long and short of it. Everything I just said there, but I'm, that's still more than I should know. <laughs> So as, okay. as the women are giving their... I wouldn't even say their pleas, just their their time in the spotlight. They don't really even care about the frat bachelor. There's another sizzle sound effect and another light flash, and now the frat bachelor himself is dead. And so, so now, to distract Bill and Ted once again, we start to hear the song, The Ride of the Valkyries. And they look up, they go to the edge of the stage, they look up in the air, and they see that... It's Maleficent flying through the air. But then they realize the one detail that she doesn't have wings to actually fly. And as they realize that, we get another Zap SFX uh, sound effect, some more flashing lights, and we have the dead body of Maleficent falling to the stage. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter what it is. The dead body bit makes me laugh every single every fucking time. year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, and jeez, Maleficent was that long ago? Yep,
1: yep <laughs> So now the Somali pirate returns This time he has a witch's head on So now he declares himself, he says I am the coven now This was the year of American sto- Horror Story Coven This is before we had mm. American Horror Story in the park, of course Bill and Ted don't buy it, so he says, I am the Kim Kardashian now. They still give him a big nope. He says, I am the sleepy hollow now. And then they're like, that's not even a person. Then they actually are so unfrightened by him at this point. They just tell him to go away and come back later and take that thing with you, pointing to the lifeless body of Maleficent, which he actually does. He just picks up with one hand and drags off stage. Nope. Nope. So now. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, I'm just I'm just laughing i I'm remembering all this and I'm laughing.
1: <laughs> so now enter the game of Thrones era of references and we have King Joffrey from game of Thrones. He's in there with a drink and bill and Ted start to remember the books and, and realize that he's about to be poisoned. So, he, Bill and Ted are saying everything they can to stop him from drinking. And every time they do, King Joffrey wants to toast in their honor for protecting his life. So it's this ongoing, it's actually a pretty <laughs> funny bit of how many things it they is say funny to keep him from drinking. And then he's like, cause ah, to drink to you and Bill and Ted's like, no, <laughs> it's actually a pretty good bit.
0: Yeah. It, I, I enjoyed that bit too.
1: Yep. <laughs> so
0: and that was, that was the only season of game of for or it was the only, no, actually that's not even true. I hadn't watched that that season of Game of Thrones because I only watched the first season.
1: I I don't think I saw it past two. I certainly didn't see the end. Um, oh, and that's I, it.
0: yeah, no. I got disgusted with the author and, and just, <laughs> yeah, right. just stopped. Because I, I zipped through the books, and, and by the end of the books, I'm like, oh, you're just a hack who writes himself <laughs> into corners and then has to kill people. I don't... No, I'm not doing this. this. This is... No, I'm not watching this.
1: And then waits 10 years to... Form my next set of resolutions and corner painting. Yeah. Ugh. Then there is some music playing. It's hooked on a feeling, and Quill comes dancing out. Quill from Guardians of the Galaxy. And they ask for his help as being one of the, the guardian of the Galaxy. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a little confused. I'm DJ Starlord. I'm here to play music for the party.
0: No? Wow.
1: Oh. <laughs> Well, how about this?
0: No, no, I'm just feeling old. Oh,
1: okay. And then the Like,
0: of- Here's the thing. When we were going through this with the really old ones, I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeling really old because, you know, and now we're like on our last one and I'm like, it's only six years ago. And I'm like, what do you mean? Guardians of the Galaxy it's was six, six years, years ago?
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. When it's 10 years old, it's like, oh, I don't feel so bad. That was 10 years old. But no, no, no. <sighs> I've anyway, said, I said this once. I'll say it a hundred times. I'm at the point in life where everything was last year, five years ago, right. or 1990. <laughs> that's when everything happened.
0: Oh, that's the funniest thing you've said on the show yet.
1: Those three points in time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is there is a great Ted Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy joke. He runs over to the tree on stage, gives him a big hug, and says, "I love you, Groot." Oh, <laughs> oh! Is that an, uh, an all for Ted?
0: Oh, uh, for Groot.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> it so, was all Groot. Uh, now my favorite, darling Donald Sterling arrives again. I almost said his name, darling, again, and he's shouting something. I didn't even—I don't even know at this point. And DJ Starlord says he's going to play something for him, and he starts playing "Shout," a la Animal House, and then we do get a rush of people from the frat house in togas start to dance. And then the song changes to DJ Snake and Lil John's, turned down for what? And it actually ends up ending in a mashup of the two. So we get a mid show dance break, which is not the first time, but I'm having trouble remembering talking about that in our last few years. I don't think, I think it's been a, a while till we had a mid show dance break.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I'm, trying remember, know, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember the, that's the last bad. show we talked about because, oh, uh, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember that show because did I not just describe earlier how I yeah, have giant yeah, right. gaps in my memory already? Yeah.
1: So, uh, well, the song... Well, actually, I, I, it doesn't really end. They're kind of just... It, it is ended by another one of those electrical zaps. And this time, it's Donald Sterling. Thank fucking God. So, no more of this. I'm just an old man. Sorry. I got a little, <laughs> little animated here. I'll calm down. So now we're at the end of the dance break, and Anna, or Anna, I'm not sure how you say it, from Frozen arrives, and she has a stein, and Bill and Ted asked her what's in it. She said, it's her friend Olaf, and she proceeds to pour him out on the <laughs> stage in the form of melted snow, or better said, water. I don't know why I picked melted snow as my descriptor instead <laughs> of just water.
0: Oh, well, it's funnier, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Uh, she, and she asked Bill and Ted if they've seen her sister. And Bill and Ted get a little excited of the idea of two princess sisters and then enter the plus side Elsa singing Do You Wanna Eat a Snow Cone, melding into I Let Myself Go in possibly the best Bill and Ted moment ever. Her song is it's it's this is a lot of material to pull from, but that song and the way that performer sang it, I think is the the highlight of Bill and Ted.
0: I agree. Okay. I, I think this is the funniest fucking song that was ever sung at Bill and Ted. Yep. I know. I, I mean, at at one point you were disagreeing with me because you thought the Moana song was funnier.
1: That was fun funnier. Yeah, and now exactly revisiting this, I'm changing my mind.
0: At this this was just when she started singing, I let myself go. And then the, the rest of the song just keep kept pouring out of her. And by the way, um, this performer had a brilliant voice. Oh, uh yeah. she's she had a strong, booming voice, and she was killing it. Um I I was in fits of laughter. And and the whole rest of the night, I would just hell the rest of the week, I would remember this and just burst <laughs> into giggles. And and even when I got back and people would look at me at work and go, what are you laughing about? And I'm like, <laughs> never mind. I would explain it to you, but you would—you had <laughs> to be there. Uh, you really did. Um, that this was, yes, I think this was the epitome of Bill and Ted. Was was that song?
1: Yeah, yep. I think I I agree. Now, I mean, the the, the Moana song is absolutely lit, no slouch. It's right up there, but. The, oh it's
0: legitimately hilarious
1: yeah it's it's it, it was the it was a case of that being fresher in my mind and now that I've revisited this right. oh god yeah that was just such a great moment and then it, it's it, it was it, as much as you it, it's it's never as good as the first time you hear it but it's actually never not funny it's like right. you could hear it a hundred times and she is going to make you laugh on the apex of that song every time
0: yep every freaking time yep Oh my god. She she makes me laugh in the opening of that song. <laughs> right, yeah. Just you know. Um, she starts up
1: out of such a snow cones and she grabs I think it's Bill, just flat up grabs him and like screeches his face, Do you want a fresh <laughs> snow cone?
0: I yeah. Um yeah, that that, that actress and that whole shtick in that scene was just um, that is my favorite moment I have ever seen of Bill and Ted, yeah. period.
1: Yep, I think it's we can say that now, because we can't come back well, on Well, I've been anymore. saying it for years, I but... Like, yeah. I can say it now, and I don't have to come back on this show and defend myself anymore. It's the, <laughs> that's Hunter and Shelby's problem now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the second funniest thing you've said Thank this you. show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the show at the at the end of the song after of course a just a, a rousing round of applause each time Elsa sees a dragon coming and she starts to run and we find out it's the dragon Smog from the Hobbit and it arrives in the form of a Chinese parade dragon which still the idea makes me laugh and the voice is about as opposite of, of Benedict Cumberbatch as it possibly can be like, hey yep. y'all I'm Smog it's a it's I mean <laughs> That is not an exaggeration. That is what it's. No, like. no, it
0: isn't actually. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, and yeah. Then, uh, Hic- oh,
0: this is such a good year.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And then a uh, hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon shows up, and they're like, "Oh, good. He can he can save us and train this dragon." He's like, "I'm done with training dragons. I I slaughter <laughs> him now." And he comes down and he kills Smog. And in the midst of all this, they get a distraction. They smell something. They smell cooking. They're like, "Who's cooking something?" And then, over from the garage, the the left side of the stage, from where the audience is sitting, Walter White slash Heisenberg comes out in a hazmat suit, and he arrives with a bunch of blue iced cupcakes. Now he said he's done with meth. He's making he's baking it instead, and he gives Bill and Ted the cupcakes. And, he's, and they, they do ask him if there's meth in the cupcakes. He's like, no. And after they eat it, he says the cupcakes are lined with acid. And Bill and Ted start to go on this short trip where they see this is where we get to put in the surreal items of the year. And we see Bill and Ted as Muppet versions of themselves in the window. And the Le- Lego characters come out singing a parody of Everything is Awesome. So that was a nice way to fit them in. You bring in Breaking Bad, give Bill and Ted a hallucination, and then you can throw in the the Muppet and the Lego reference of the year as well. Yep. yep. So now they <laughs> – they the acid trip is short-lived, and Ted has an idea how to get help, and this is, I guess, the year of this campaign. He yells, like, a good neighbor, state farmer's there. And for some reason, Tim Howard, the goalie for the U.S. men's – soccer team of the Olympics that year comes out because he can save everything. And they notice that Tim isn't wearing a magical tracking band, which leads Bill to make the connection between the bands and the dead bodies. So Bill exclaims, Ted, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And Ted goes, 69, dude? And Bill's like, well, yeah, but I know why the students are dying, like, on top of that. (laughs) 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 This
0: is so fun. I, I really, yeah, <laughs> but be, it's such a fun uh, a good, fun a villain chat.
1: Yep. So before they could do anything, Zach Efron comes back, and he said he's not the head of this. He's actually working for someone higher up. And he says, John Travolta, please introduce the head of the master plan. And he said the first attempt is Adele Dazim. Second attempt is Denzel Rahim. And the third attempt is Adina Menzel, which is, I I... This is a joke I've never forgotten because every I, I always say Adele Dazeem instead of the real name. Ever since John Travolta fucked it up, he has screwed me up for my entire life. And Christy always yep. corrects me because every when we because w- we'd done a uh, Frozen parody or a uh, Let It Go parody on Stars and Character, and that comes up from yep. time to time in discussion. And I always say it's I say uh, uh, Christy is so happy at the time Adele Dazeem cracked her voice on new year's eve and she's like you're saying it wrong again john i'm like ah oh, god damn it
0: yeah well you know i mean fuck it revolt has fucked other things up <laughs>
1: it's true too yeah.
0: in, in fact revolt has fucked everything up uh, the last good thing revolta did was welcome back cotter
1: <laughs> That's, well i can't complain or deny that ah pulp fiction he's good in pulp fiction
0: I can't stand them period think,
1: oh okay well i won't argue that um. So finally, the head of the master plan gets sick of it, and he introduces himself, and it's Shia LaBeouf. I don't know if Shia LaBeouf had a movie that year, but really, that's just the—you a, a sh- can really take the piss out of Shia LaBeouf anytime and it—and it's just fine. It works.
0: Oh, was that Crystal? No, that wasn't Crystal no,
1: Skull that year. Um, I'm not even gonna look it up. It doesn't matter. He brings out his bad guys, his two main bad guys, which one is Guy Fieri, which is awesome. And the other is Renee Zellweger. So I forget what, and it's they say something like it doesn't look like her, and everyone's like, we know. So it's when she had come back to after being out of the spotlight for a while, after having plastic surgery. I don't know what movie it is, but if, if my wife is here, she would know. So that was a joke of that one. Uh, just the event, not so much the movie she was in. Is that right. no recognize her at all? And they ask what his evil plan is, and he reveals to be the most famous celebrity in the world. Is that so crazy? And then they go, yeah. That's like building Avatar World crazy. And then we have our annual They Have Sex With Their Tails appearance. Ah, yes. (laughs) With the exclamation, I'm king of the world and world I mean Avatar World coming soon in 2017 if anyone still gives a shit. And it's still funny because we're still three years away from (laughs) Avatar opening. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So. I
0: just checked. uh, By the way, Shia LaBeouf was um, absolutely nothing in 2014. Both things that are there, I didn't see, and um, so they're just ripping on Shia LaBeouf, which I have no problem with. That's works. awesome.
1: Yep. Yeah. Works. Uh So now we get this like this magnificent copyright-free fanfare music, and we see a Captain America with the shield up in front of his face come out of the frat house, but he slowly removes the shield. And it's a Somali pirate saying, "Look at me! I am the captain now." So finally, <laughs> he finds some role to fill into, and then we get a good guy versus evil guy fight that ensues. We don't have any real specific pair offs that are notable. I will note that Guy Fietti fought with a bottle and mustard squeeze bottle, which was kind. All right, a catch of a mustard <laughs> squeeze bottle, which was kind of funny. Uh, but, oh, he was relevant uh, then, right, then, huh? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, crazy. Every time I turn for a network on, one of his shows are on. My God. Let's change it from network to Guy Fieri TV. (laughs) But um, anyway, yeah, we get the the running back and forth and the, the, the chaos as usual. Then finally, Shia LaBeouf stops by holding up a detonator and he says, one press of this detonator and all the magic bands will explode and he presses it and then we get a countdown on the big screen, and Bill goes, he says, like the magic tracking bands on your arm? And Shia LaBeouf pulls down his sleeve to find out that his arm is absolutely covered with the bands. And Ted explains <laughs> that during the well-choreographed fight scene, they put all the bands on his arm. So shy goes running off into the barn. The barn explodes, another almost annual tradition. We get the explosion from the barn, which is still a rigging leftover from the Wild Wild West days, I should note. <laughs> yep. And Bill and Ted reveal themselves as students undercover, but they're still ready to have the greatest Halloween party ever, and we get the final dance number. And then we have our music montage. We have the current hit montage. That's actually broken with an Ice Ice Baby parody by Anna and Elsa in the middle. Then we go back to the montage, and then we end. We end with Guns and Roses Paradise City, and I'm like, oh, I guess no one died that year. But then I realized that's probably the year Axl Rose ate Axl Rose, and that was the tribute.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, damn. And that is. I did I like. <laughs> I I did like the Ice Ice Baby. Uh, mm-hmm. When it, when it called back those two characters, it was just like, oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah. Just just, just stellar standout character for the year um i never thought i'd like frozen as much as i do now
1: <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> and it's only because of bill and ted that i like frozen as <laughs> because, much as i do it's
1: because frozen reminds me of bill and ted of this yeah of
0: that and that's the thing so like i mean you couldn't not hear that song that year right like it was just one of those things. Even if you don't listen to the radio, even if you're just like, you couldn't not hear that song that year. So everybody knew that song and everybody knew that, that stuff from, from, from the movie. And I hadn't actually seen the movie. I'd only seen clips, but I knew the song and I knew like who sang it and what was going, kind of what was going on. And so I watched the movie after I'd seen that. And, um, I was singing. I let myself go when she was (laughs) singing, you know, in the movie. And, uh, brilliance uh, just absolute brilliance
1: yeah yeah this is uh this is i have in my notes like but probably the best bill and Ted since 2001 when it was jay and silent bob at least for me and i do know the past few we've talked about were a little bit of a slog to get through um we didn't uh, even apart from not knowing the references uh, it, was, it just wasn't i, I there wasn't much commentary to put in as we have in this one. I think this is mm-hmm. the longest recording we've had of a Bill and Ted in, in several past episodes. It is it's, it's so it really much is. fun. There's like it it there's there's so many highlights that trigger memories we're talking about. So this it, a great Bill and Ted.
0: And I think they just hit everything really really uh, they got all of the uh the pop culture references that they made all made sense to me and I understood. And, and there was one of the few years or a few times in, in years that, that this was a case where it was like, I knew everything and I laughed at everything. And I thought it was all funny because, you know, it was just the absurdity of all of, all of what was going on. I got again. And, and that was something that I'd kind of been missing from Bill and Ted for a few years.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for part one, right?
0: Um, actually, um, I think we're going to expand part one just a little bit. I had a few more comments about the event as a whole because I know that the the maze um, episode is going to be really, really long <laughs> already. Um, one of the things that the, now that I'm looking at the map that really struck me here is that they really only used half the park this year. Um, if you look at the map when you bring it up, uh, all the yellow in the streets... Um, all of the mazes like, uh, you know, the, the uh, Barney Maze and the um, ET Maze are like almost as far as they go. They've got one maze way, way out there that we'll talk about, which is Giggles and uh, not Giggles, sorry, Halloween. Um, and it just is a really, really compressed event this year. Scare zones are all on one side. And I think this was due to construction going on in what used to be Jaws, which is now... Diagon Alley. Oh, I guess. It but it just—I think it was—they uh, were working on Diagon Alley at the time. Um, I don't think it was open yet, and and that just—it um, really kind of compressed this event a lot into you know. F- they didn't use that 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 whole San Francisco area completely unused, completely empty. Um, you know, just just all that stuff just gone. So it was a really. Interesting year in the fact that you know once you got through uh, uh, the bio, bio of blood, there was just nothing out there. You know there was there was nothing through Simpsons. There was nothing in front of um, you know any of the other stuff. There was nothing until you got back to New York, and so the, yeah, it was just giant empty swath.
1: Well, Diagon which was Alley, weird. Diagon Alley did open that summer. I just looked it up, but mm. but your reasoning is still sound because it wasn't till. I don't think it was 25. I don't think it was till 26 that they started opening Diagon Alley during the event. It was completely yeah. dark. They they did not yeah. have that open at all in 20, the, definitely not the first year they opened. So that was, yeah. that wasn't on, uh, yeah, you, you, you could yeah, walk it was by just com- it and that's it.
0: Yeah, it was completely dead and they didn't have anything in front of what's now Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. Um, you know where where we had Deadman's Wharf and all the other little you know or Hellbilly Deluxe, all that stuff. There's nothing there. Uh, like just that that whole back end of the park was just empty, with the yeah. exception of one entrance to a maze. Yep. It's really weird.
1: It is strange. Um, to get that now.
0: Yeah. So so that was just one of the, the things that I one of the other things that I wanted to bring up while we were talking uh, scare zones while we were talking shows and stuff. Is that yeah it was just kind of a really lot headed year that year. Yeah. But that's about it. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode. We'll be
1: back with part two. That's going to be all about houses and a few of the miscellaneous things that went along with the year. So uh, let me say thank you, of course, for mm. me in this episode.
0: A uh, lovely episode, a lovely, still lovely event this year.
1: Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz internet entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.
0: snow cone It could be purple, red, or blue You can have three or four Or maybe more I still for 22 Do you want to eat a snow cone? I really love those friggin' snow cones